Good morning and welcome to your daily game face. I'm Dr. Kim Lannon here with the illustrious <laughs> really? and in good mood and good spirits today, Lou Blasey. It doesn't feel any different to me. <sighs> okay, forget it. No, I mean, you come in, you say I'm in a bad mood. You come in and say I'm in a good mood. It doesn't feel any different to me. Well, maybe, maybe you're asked. I have to wait till you come in. Oh, don't even start. <laughs> Not like I haven't heard that before. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe your girlfriend's listening and she'll be like, exactly. She said that before. <laughs> See? Yeah. I'm a good diagnostician. Just a normal person. You're a normal person? I'm a normal person. Uh, I'm an everyday kind of guy. Normal is like a setting on the dryer. Yeah. You're, I wouldn't say you're normal. Okay. Would you <laughs> say normal exists? Well, normal's on a continuum. Yeah, exactly. You know. But anyway, the illustrious Lou Blasey, <laughs> the last show of 2021. Yeah. And now we're going into 2022. That's a lot of twos. Yes. 2022. Mm -hmm. Isn't that crazy? I know. This year has felt, for me, like it flew by. Does it feel like that for you? Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm getting older. So as I get older, they go fast. Thank you. What? I'm still young. I'm 27. I didn't, didn't comment one way or the other. But I'm just saying I'm 27. Yes. You know. 27 M. <laughs> oh, you're funny. Funny, yeah. funny. Yeah. Um, so so how was your weekend? My weekend was okay. Yeah. yeah. Did you see any snowy owls? I did not, no. Oh, I was there for a hot second this weekend. And I didn't see any, but I was only there for a short, like, little drive-through. Apparently, they're all over the freaking place. I know. And yeah. I didn't see one. I, and I almost ran out of gas and had to leave the park to go get gas and come back. And by the time that happened, the sun was going down. I didn't have quite enough okay. time. And then I needed to get back to home. And it's just... Okay, so... At what point you, did you decide you needed to get gas? So did you determine well, you needed I to get gas? Well, when I got into Parker Reservation, for people that don't know, this is up in Plum Island yeah. in Massachusetts. When I got into the reservation... I only had 30 miles left on my tank. Okay. And it's, it, when it's I got three down miles to 14 to town, miles, it, I yeah. turned around and came back out of the reservation and went back into Newburyport to get gas and then yeah. came all the way back. Yeah. <laughs> Planning is not a... John got yelled not, at by... John got yelled at by a person as a passerby, which I won't tell you why, because, you know, because you know how people are. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Especially around the area. There's always a Karen... Oh God, yeah. Right, so it's a he, town of Karens. Yes, well, right, and so that was that was there. And I think it, I think I told this story, but in the middle of last year's pandemic, in the middle of it, there was a big uproar on one of the local groups because someone was suggesting that when the bridge is up on Newburyport Harbor, that yes. everyone should, everyone waiting on the bridge should stop their cars; they shouldn't idle. That was like a week's worth of. Oh wow, that's a lot. It's a week's worth of threads in wow. the middle of a pandemic. About idling your car on a bridge while the bridge is up. Wow. <laughs> That's what I have so many things I could say, but I'll just report in that shell. Good morning, Amy. I see that Amy's joined us this morning. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Um, the uh, well, so there were plenty of people out there. So I did, so I actually, I shouldn't say I didn't see one. I believe I caught with my very lovely, expensive camera. A snowy owl in flight. Mm. I definitely got northern harriers in flight, but I have not downloaded the pictures yet to actually look. So they were far off. So I imagine once I've downloaded and blow it up and see it, I'm thinking I probably got it in flight. Um, it was definitely almost possible that it was that. So it was really close and it was flying overhead and, you know, looking for something. And then John jumped out of the car and scared it. <laughs> the big news last week is there's some European eagle or european hawk that's floating around somewhere oh really so you that's... shouldn't tell me this stuff because that makes me compelled to have to go well let me dig it up for us and okay before i go get my story straight but there, yeah something that's not indigenous to the area is flying around okay well please let me know okay so so anyway so your weekend was good though yeah you had a beautiful christmas I had a good christmas yeah yeah. Did you? Nobody died. Oh my God. <laughs> good. Did you, did you do well by your peeps? Yes. Yes. I believe you didn't I get did. You didn't get in trouble. You didn't disappoint. Did not. No. You didn't piss anybody off. Nothing related to Christmas anyway. Oh good. <laughs> well, at least it came out unscathed on that one. Yeah. Right. Um. So, and you're going to be going away to New Year's in the same place I'm going to be. How weird is that? Yeah. Well. And we didn't even plan it. No. 
it was just a happenstance that we're going to the exact same place. <laughs> <laughs> uh, great minds are crazy yeah. minds think alike, right? Well, you own there, so you're going to be there. Uh, yes. But you and I didn't know that we were going to both be there. No, I know. Yeah. And I'm trying to convince Lou. Lou's very difficult to convince to go to this amazing restaurant. I'm convinced. I'm not the only person on the committee. I know, but this is if you don't go to this one restaurant, mm -hmm. I'm going to give it a big plug because it is. Oh, I shouldn't because then people go there. <laughs> but I should give it a big Why plug because it's one of my favorite oh, places. I've been going there yeah. for the past 20 years. It's the Gypsy Cafe. We won't tell where we're staying, but it's up in Lincoln, New Hampshire. Yep. It is hands down. If it's, I'm like, feel like the Phantom Gourmet. If you have not gone up to Loon and Lincoln, mm -hmm. you must just take the trip that's an hour and 20 minutes outside of Boston to go up to the Gypsy Cafe and have an amazing cocktail and an amazing meal. And they're only open Thursday through Sunday. Look at me. Like, see, yeah, I know. There like, you I'm go. Their, their little PR agent, but it's it's fantastic. Should they mention you? So. Probably not. No. Well, the owner, <laughs> the owner loves me, though. Yeah. She's amazing. She's this lovely woman. And yet you don't seem very impressed with flapjacks, which is quickly one of I'm my not, favorite places. Well, I'm not a big pancake fan. Like, no. have you not known me for how long? Like, I'm not a big, let's go get our feed bag on in the morning. Well, it's breakfast. You can get regular breakfast. You don't have to. I know, but it's covered in like grease and yeah. stuff. Exactly. So I'm all in favor of like, you know, you know, an omelet and like, you know. I got a train running around the restaurant. I didn't do my bagel this year. You didn't? I didn't. So I didn't get. Gluten. I did. I had a bagel. I didn't get a gluten issue this Christmas. Mm -hmm. I stayed completely without heartburn. Not that everyone needs to know that, but I did. I got a bagel. Uh, okay. But you don't have a gluten issue. Oh, no, I don't have a gluten <laughs> issue. That's right. Follow along. You've been with me, right? The whole time we've been talking about my been. Christmas tradition. I didn't realize that was the crux of the discussion. The bagel. The gluten issue. Well, well, it's not, but. It was my crux of the bagel issue. I didn't have the bagel. This of year. all the things that I've given up in, you know, trying to eat a little bit better and stuff like that, bagel might be the thing I miss the most. Well, I love bagels, but they don't love me, as you know, and they yeah. hurt me. Yeah. But I love them. So I will sometimes take the hurt over it, but I didn't <laughs> want to do it this Christmas. So I stayed away from that. Yep. Um, anyway, so, uh, so we have. Oh, no, I take that back. <laughs> because uh, with this blood pressure thing, now I'd have I've have I have had to give up my tea. Your tea? Yes. Not the bourbon. The tea. No, no, not the tea. Because <laughs> the tea that I love, because when I was losing weight, I started searching for a tea that I could drink without milk and sugar, that had enough flavor to it to drink okay. without milk and sugar. All tea has a good flavor. No, it really doesn't. Okay. This is what I'm discovering. And this tea I landed on was um, Yogi's Egyptian licorice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And licorice, mm -hmm. you know, like licorice. Uh, anise and licorice. Yeah, but licorice is very bad for blood pressure. Yes. Yeah. So I had to give it up. And what I've discovered since is I don't like tea. Because I can't find Because you really else just I like licorice. Like, I guess. Okay. Yeah. That mm -hmm. and Dunkin' Donuts cool mint. That's a, so I got to go buy a box of that, I guess. Oh. I know. I'm out. I'm out on all those things. Yeah. I don't do chocolate and mint together. Not a big mint fan. You don't like mint? I like mint mm -hmm. and I don't and I like chocolate. I don't like them mixed together or cocoa and mint. Blech. Okay, fair enough. Yes. I've made my it's a little my unusual, very, but huh? It's a little unusual, but yeah. I, well, some people don't like peanut butter cups and not, you know, peanut butter and chocolate together. Are you one of those people? No, I okay. don't like <laughs> chocolate together. Gonna, no. It's gonna get worse. But it's kinda like one of those things. Like yeah. when someone says you want mint chocolate chip ice cream, I'm like, Oh no, I don't. Thank you. Or that peppermint stick ice cream. Mm -mm. Yeah, I'm not a, as big a fan of peppermint as I am as of regular mint. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Like spearmint. Like I like the experiments. Good. I like experiment by yeah. itself. But anyway, I digress. Yep. So we have been talking about coming into the new year. Mm -hmm. And since we're coming into the new year, I'm sure everyone out there that hasn't been listening or that they have is like, oh, I got a resolution. Yeah. And you know what my thought is on resolutions. Don't do it. Oh, that's right. The gym next week is going to be brutal. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So go outside and run. Yeah. Um, and besides the fact that, well, it's interesting because as there's so many different pieces, is the pandemic has ramped back up. Mm. So I've noticed my gym has dropped off a lot because a lot of people have been afraid to go back in since the past two weeks, which good for me. Yay. Yeah. And also people don't like to wear the mask in the gym, which is fine by me. Don't come to the gym. <laughs> Because then it's more the gym to me. 
Do your gym have a mask mandate yes. now? Yes. Oh, we've had a mask mandate at my gym since ju June. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Interesting. Okay. Yes. It's so bizarre because, because I'm I'm waiting for that. I'm, oh, I'm, the that's got to be right around the like corner. The, the yeah. most like unlikely in my mind to have like those kinds of things. And they're the ones that's held the most staunch to it. The town that I go to my gym in, I'm like, oh, yeah. So, yeah, they are very much that. So, yeah, because um, we're going back there and I, we're going back to a lot of these places. I actually checked about this weekend whether there's travel restrictions going back and forth. No, I know, but yeah. I mean, off air, I'll tell you all. <laughs> I know. I know. There's no travel restrictions <clears throat> where we're going. Yep. Because, because of where we're going. Yep. Because that doesn't mean it's like going to Florida and I love Florida, but. That you, you remember I told you like they that woman that looked at me and said, Oh honey, we don't have COVID here. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, oh, uh, we don't well, I I get asked can't if even there have was, this conversation with you. I got asked if there was a restriction. I said it's New Hampshire. I doubt it. <laughs> no, exactly. It's yeah. not. There's no yeah. restriction. Yeah. So I mean, But I was worried I couldn't get back into Massachusetts. That's a... <laughs> really. Listen, it well, happened before. You okay, listen, you're a crazy person. I'm not crazy. Like Massachusetts is crazy. No. I don't know when you, I never had these issues and I've been traveling for work and stuff all the time, yeah. back and forth in New Hampshire no, and Florida and Texas. And I was just checking. I was just trying to be a good citizen. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Again, we'll talk about this off air because people don't see you right now. And I yeah. know yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. You're so funny. Yeah. You make me laugh. Um, anyway, so the resolutions moving forward, yes. we keep getting sidetracked. Um, so you know how I'm about the resolution not being like the thing you should really do. Right. If you're going to make a resolution and you really want to call it that, let's start at that base because we're coming into it. The resolution per se should have a resolution buddy. You need somebody to be accountable to. If you're really going to hold to a resolution, you need to tell someone that you know is going to hold you accountable and not just be like, oh, that's awesome. Yay. And clap. And then when you don't do it, they're going to be like, oh, that's too bad. Or, you know, they're not going to give you the push and the motivation because we're so externalized. Um, so I always scrap resolutions, as you know, and say, we should have started micro goaling. And if you haven't started it, that's okay. Because I know mm -hmm. a lot of people are waiting till Saturday morning to start their micro goals. So it's, it's making sure that you have a plan in your head of what your next week then the week after is going to look like and so on. So that you're not just planning yep. the big end all be all goal. So I'm not going to beat that one to death because I've talked about it the last three weeks. Yeah. I'm going to lose making... 20 pounds is not the way to go. Right. So not yeah. starting out with, I'm going to, I'm going to lose 50 pounds by summer. Yeah. How about we just in the next week, I'm going to have, you know, the big, big year because the pandemic made people drink more alcohol. So the big trend this year for you to know, with your bourbon is that <laughs> yeah why it's supposed why to be are you pointing me out here it's it there's it's not supposed to be there's yeah. been a very big trend of like you know sober october and dry january and you know whatever you want the, the little names that go with it so if that's a goal for you i think 30 days is a good thing for people like that's a great micro goal that you're going to stay sober mm. or you're not going to eat carbs or you're not going to eat added sugars or you're not going to spend excess money or you're not going to go shop. Like whatever the thing is, is do it in small little bits yep. so that you don't overwhelm yourself. So super important. And then having that buddy to be accountable to, if you know, because more people than not are, they lack the accountability to themselves and they're not necessarily self-motivated. It's kind of like the difference between people who don't go into like the elite level of sport and they stay at the recreational level because they just don't have the motivation yeah. and dedication. They love the sport or they love the thing, but they just don't have that extra drive to do it. It's the same thing with these, these items of resolution is that picking something that's like, okay, I can do this for the next 30 days mm -hmm. because once you hit, it's like going to the gym for five minutes, it usually turns into more. Um, it, it, and I have to give, I won't rat her out, but you know, it's like, except for my friend who went to the gym last week and stood at the front door and turned around and left. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked at her like, what did you do? She's like, yeah, I got to the front. That door. actually happens. Yes, she did. Well, I actually have to say, I've actually never experienced someone telling me that, no. but my friend who knows what I do for a living looked at me and said, I went to the gym today and I stood at the door and I turned around and left. And I was like, wow, yeah. that is, that is quite something that you did that. <laughs> never heard of that. I don't imagine I could actually do that. No. So, but especially, nonetheless, especially I'm sure in the winter, people that do it, they just don't talk about it. Especially but. in the winter, you leave the house, you get in the car, you get out of the house, you walk to the door, she and then she turn was around. Tired. 
Yeah, but that's usually a determination you make somewhere before the front door yeah, of the gym. She got to the front door. Yeah. And I can actually visualize her doing it too. I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah. So anyway, so, I, and I won't tell you who it is, but it's just, you know, it's kind of funny. So if she's listening today or people that know her that I know are listening, give her a hard time about stopping at the front door, not going in. <laughs> um, well, I'm kind of proud of her for giving herself permission to turn around. <laughs> that's an excellent perspective. Yeah. See, I, you've channeled me. Yeah. Right. It's like that she knew not to go in. <laughs> and certainly, I think certainly there's to that point, you know, there's been times where I've had plans all day if I haven't gone to the gym or whatever that I'm going to go. And then by the time I've done a 14 hour day, yep. I know that I'm too tired and I'll probably hurt myself if yep. I go. So I've made the active decision like, eh, oh, yeah, today's going to be a day that I'm just going to take it off. Sure, that happens, but you didn't drive to the, you didn't no, get changed, no, I, drive I to the front decide, door and like, make the decision. I'm just yeah. not going to make yeah. it because I just know. That's I, really kind of unique. I kind of like it. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is not what we want to practice, Lou. <laughs> no, I, I don't recommend it and I wouldn't want to continue it, but it's kind of, it's got some quality to it. Okay. So everyone that's listening, don't listen to yeah, Lou. Right. We don't want to, we don't want that. Um, okay. So here's, so here beyond my resolution piece of buddies. So the next piece that I, I had to take my notes today, cause I want to hit my new year's things for people. Mm -hmm. Um, so we talked at the beginning of the year about happiness versus joy. Do you remember that? A little bit. Yeah. Right. Refresh so my and we haven't really come back around to it cause we've got so many other things to talk about, but I thought that a recap of <clears throat> people often will say, are you happy? You know, are you, you know, what makes you happy? And designating out maybe for the new year of practicing being more joyful or finding something more joyful versus happy. Happy is a state that's transient. Like you can be happy and that's based on externals. Like, Oh, the puppy makes me happy. And yeah. seeing my friend makes me happy, but the state of joy is more perpetual and you can continue it on. And how do you do that? You do that by finding something that um, in your day that is personal to you. That's not about something that's externally driving you to make you feel good. Um, so, you know, it's joyful to wake up in the morning and watch the sunrise. Maybe that's, you know, you get up at five o'clock and maybe that's what you do Yeah. or seven 15 these days, whatever <laughs> yeah. it is, or you um, have joy in the fact that, you know, you take a 20 minute break and do tea and maybe journal, or there's something that's joyful that you find. So it's, you know, maybe people call it their passion, but joy has been a big tag word this year and trending. So finding your joy, what gives you joy? It's interesting. I have kids that will come in and talk to me and more and more lately and say that that doesn't give me joy. Yeah, and I oh, really? find that interesting because so many people talk about being happy. And I had a couple kids in the past few weeks talk about their joy and they act actively at all the ages that they're at, which are anywhere from like, I think eight to 13 at this, at these particular kids I'm thinking about, they all can define it the way I'm saying it. Like that it's, there's a difference between being yeah. happy, which is like, I'm happy because you gave me an ice cream versus I feel joy because it's a state of my day and that I found joy in my life. So maybe practicing that is a possible goal for would it be, your next year is finding joy in your day. Would it be fair to say that joy is what comes without attachment? Because like you could just kind of sure. hit on it. Like, for example, uh, I'll be happy if I get this phone. You know, I'll be right. happy if I get this thing or go this place or do the traveling. That's happiness. But joy just comes without something, without the need to yeah. have something. Yeah. Well, so so I think that the desire to have like your yourself be related to more meaningful things in your life rather than circumstantial things. So the attachment would be the circumstantial things versus those meaningful things. But so, there's a difference between wanting something and being attached to it. Yes. You know, yes. You, it's perfectly fine to want something. But when you when attachment is involved, that's when it starts to work against you. And when you say attachment, when I hear that, I think people get dependent on something making them. I can't be happy unless I have unless this. that happens yeah. or I get that. Or I get thing, that. Yeah, right. Exactly. As opposed to that's attachment. Right. As opposed to it just a state of being. Yep. Um, because something gave you a filled up heart or a filled up cup because of something. Yep. Um, like an interaction, like this morning at Dunkin' Donuts when I was on my way in. <laughs> I had a joyful moment that, you know, yes, it makes me happy, but the joy goes throughout because there's the place where I go, as you know, they know me. So when I come through, I have a very fun interaction almost daily when I come through yep. and 
I look forward to that because it brings me joy. And I know that it brings them joy because we have a nice fun banter back and forth. And then when I get to the window, like three or four of them always chat and we talk about like their family, like it, it's, it's kind of an expectation that comes with no strings attached because they're not looking from anything from me and right. I'm not looking from, it, there's no dependency, but it's just something that like, right. oh, it's such a nice way to start the day because they're happy to see me and I'm happy to see them. And we have this nice thing that we have a perpetual <laughs> movement forward on. So it's nice. It um, is nice. Yeah. And I, and I love that. And they always ask, Oh, you're going to be here for the weekend. So they, they know me well enough to know that I come through, but you know, it's not, you don't have to have this big significant thing happening to make you have some kind of excess happiness. We've talked about this before. I just, <coughs> it just reminded me that one of the big stories in Uber report over Christmas was on Christmas Eve, someone went through a coffee shop and dropped $300 and said the next $300 are on me of people going through. And it was just people posting up who took advantage, who were in line and, you know, got a benefit from that. And that's joy. Yeah. Right. And that's just like, you know, you're paying it forward. You know, someone goes through the line or someone pays for your coffee or yeah. someone does something nice for you. <clears throat> Oftentimes, and you may, maybe this will happen to you this week when you go up north. I've had more people when I've come through the, the toll line, I'll come through and the person will say, oh, the car, how do you pay for you? Oh, yeah. Have you ever had that happen? Yeah, I've actually done that. And it's like, it's wonderful. It's like, yeah. oh. And so then I feel compelled to still pay and say, get the guy behind me, you right. know, kind of thing. Because it's like, oh yeah, that's so awesome because it makes someone feel good. You don't know them. There's no strings attached. It's wonderful. Yep. Isn't that great? Yeah. Let's do lots of that. Yeah. And this person doing the $300, that's joy. That's joy as opposed to happiness because they're not even there when this is well, happening. Right. That's the they point. They just drive like, away. Right. Yeah. Right. There's no. So there's no attachment to a reaction or to being praised or anything like right. that. It's just, yeah. It's just because they know that they have filled up space in their heart that they did something nice for, well, at least maybe 50 people because you figure, you have to figure three bucks a coffee right, yeah, right. 50, 50 yeah. coffees right yeah. so so that's really cool and, that, but, and so maybe so maybe adding um joyful things into your life and that's one way of doing it is giving paying something for it on a daily because we wait um i think we wait christmas time is always you know like give gifts and do things now instead of it like maybe practicing this next year of do things like that randomly like why wait till the month of december right to do something joyful and making people happy why not just you know kind of do that along the way um i think that is helpful i try to do that sometimes i get lost in the shuffle because it gets really busy but i try um but maybe that will be somebody's pickup goal for this year is that they they try to do that once a month or once a week or or when you go out to dinner, leave that extra tip. I think I have so many people now that are friends of mine that are in the industry of service yeah. um, for, in a variety of different ways that, um, you know, being a little kinder to your service providers in general, um, whether it's like your waiter or your gas attendant, if you go to, you know, that, or if you're going through a Dunkin' Donuts drive-thru or Starbucks, whatever it is, yep. you know, being mindful that people are stressed out, working hard, um, people are understaffed. I mean, I can't even go through my CVS drive-thru right now to pick up a prescription because the whole last week they were understaffed because of Christmas and pandemic and millions of people now getting COVID, yep. you know, and, and being sick or someone contact. So everyone's short staffed. So do something like, you know, give an extra tip. You know, I was, I felt sad for a couple of servers last week that I was around that I'm friends with. And they said, you know, like that they had a $500 bill and the, and the people left $5, Ooh. you know, and they'd been there for four hours. So, you know, being mindful that people who are waiting on you and giving you like happiness and joy, they're there and they're only making X amount of dollars and that their tips are really important to them. And that like, you know, 20%, unless they're terrible. I mean, you give 10%, but 20%, like give it out 20% yeah. or, or more. That's nuts. $5 and 500. That's, mm -hmm. that's almost criminal. Right. Yeah. Right. And to the point that my friend said, they might as well just give me nothing. Exactly. You know, it's, it's almost like, worse than waste, yeah. you know? Um, I mean, I had a whole bunch of stories. And people. I know this sounds counter and I don't mean it this way, but God, for a few extra bucks, you can be a hero. And you, <laughs> you just, just dumped $80 on a dinner. What's an extra five or seven bucks on your tip? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I, don't get me started. Yeah. So that to my point, right? So, so that being the next piece. Okay. So then um, I was thinking about people 
in their different kind of resolutions and thinking about time and money and how we, you know, oftentimes I'll link, you know, you know, think about how much you spend in your money and how much you'd save and all that stuff. And uh, so I was thinking that, uh, you know, treat your, treat your time like you treat your money. So you're, you should treat it on a budget. So instead of spending, 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 you're really looking at, um, how will I budget my time? How do I budget my money? And how do I budget my time? Because so many people say, I don't have time. And related to resolutions and New Year's things is, how do I how do I not make the excuse and the justification? Well, I couldn't get to it because I don't have time. Like the gym, we'll go back to the gym because the easiest yeah. one that everyone's going to be out in the gym working out and losing 500 right. pounds. So it's, you know, come February, it's, well, I didn't have time. I lost interest because, you know, I just couldn't fit it in my schedule. Well, it's just like budgeting money. And if you're a bad budgeter of money, you're probably a bad budgeter of time. I mean, they kind of go hand in hand. Right. So if you're not good at allocating out like these little these little compartments of time and money, then you're going to struggle. So maybe a good goal is how do I put time in for myself? So as you know, I made a difference in my schedule this year. I think we talked about, did I tell you this? Yeah. Yep. So that I've, I've made it so that I'm carving out bigger pieces of time so that I have time and not packing myself in. Cause I'm, I'm notorious for being like, oh, I'll just put one more person there. Cause they need yep. to see me and because right. And, but what's happening is it short changes and then I'm not practicing what I preach. And I've called myself on it over and over this past year because pandemic has been really crazy. And I've been trying to help a lot of people and I'm like, well, you know what? I'm shortchanging myself and it's actually made me really tired as, yep. you, as you know. So, so me as the example for myself is just budgeting time and saying, I can't and no, and not worrying about, well, people are going to be upset. And I do, I have, I have people occasionally will say, what do you mean? You're not going to be here. What do you mean? You're taking time off. And it's like, well, yeah, right. Cause unfortunately, I, and this, and this happens, I think across the board in many industries is that when someone sees you for, as you know, in medical field or someone sees you once every two or three weeks, they don't think about how many other people you right. see or how much other time you spend doing. So they only think of themselves. So when they, you know, they get very self-involved and that it's, it's personal to them and they don't think beyond the box. So it's like, well, no, I'm actually going to take that time. So, so budgeting your time. So if you want to have the gym be something for yourself, or you want to be able to work out and not go to the gym, but have it for yourself and you have a home gym or you want to do yoga or you want to join a class or you want to do artwork or you want to, whatever it is today, tomorrow, Friday, really make a small micro goaling plan of every single day. You're going to set aside this time and block it out on a schedule. I tell all my clients to take their scheduler and I'm a big mm -hmm. old school book like handwritten like yep. i have my phone schedule but i have it all written down so you can visually see blocks of time that you're making an appointment to yourself right so are you noting that to yourself now i see you noting, noting something else yeah are you are you not paying attention i'm paying attention oh my god you just distracted yourself no it has to do with your show so oh fine making okay. a reminder of myself okay good yeah. so appointment uh, taking the time to appointment yourself so that you are fitting in in your schedule. So for me, if you look at my book, I have I have the word in my blocks, no. So it's <laughs> yeah. in big letters, no, so that I do not cross over the boundaries yep. in my book block time. Even if I'm not going and doing something like specific, I'm stopping working at that time so that I have mental break. Because oftentimes, like the past two weeks, I will go straight through from eight o'clock in the morning till nine at night with no breaks. Yeah. That can't end well. No. Well, it um, ends with me exceptionally tired. Yeah. Um, I get to go to the bathroom, but I, it's a run in between people and, you know, in the yep. five minutes that I get to do something like notes or something, <clears throat> but it's too much. So I know lots of people that have the same issue that they're doing that. And I have friends that have it. I have colleagues that do the same thing. So it's really about, this year, I was like, oh, I can't keep doing this. It's just exhausting. You know, 14, 14 clients in a day and, and lunch <laughs> on the run, yep. you know, kind of thing and sitting and sitting and sitting. So <clears throat> taking my own personal story to say, okay, too much sitting we know is bad for the health. It adds on years of 
uh, it takes away years off your life Mm -hmm. and then not taking a break from mental downtime and then not saying no and all these things. So it's like, okay, budgeting your time. So really trying to, um, take, you know, and that's not once a week, it has to be a daily thing. So, you know, having that goal. So my micro goal, and I started this December 1st thinking, okay, I got to plan ahead. How am I going to do that? So I've already done my January time, my February time. I've already blocked it all out, knowing that I'm not going to cross over that and, and being able to say, I'm done doing. Yep. Can I take that another level? Sure. You can do whatever you want while I, because I think it's important to budget mental energy as well. Mm Mm-hmm. And budget your focus and budget your attention because what happens is, and I got this later in life, and as you know, when you become aware of something, you start seeing it in other people. Right. And it's like 90% of the people that I come in contact with just confront everything. They just take on everything. And it's like, let let it go. Right. Or don't engage. It's like, you know, you see an article on COVID or or some idiot is writing about idling your car on a bridge while the bridge is open. You know, I bought into it and I'm going, well, actually, I was kind of amused and I'm just going through the threat, but just walk away from it. Right. Don't don't take it on. And budgeting your mental energy is just as important as budgeting your time and budgeting your money. Well, well, so I mean, so they go hand in hand. When you're budgeting your time, you're essentially budgeting your mental energy. So that's what I'm doing when I'm people search things out. It's it's social media. It's the news. It's it's like there's so many things that are that are competing for your mental attention. And not right. all of it needs to be confronted. Right. Let some stuff go. Exactly. Yeah. Well, so that was my next, that's actually my next piece in my, in my thing today is like being mindful of your media consumption. Yeah. Um, I think the pandemic has driven, not I think, I know, because we know statistically, we see how much it's been used and what's being utilized and what's being pitched. But this year, even though I know pandemic is still going on, but people have gotten back to a different kind of normal or typical, right? But social media is such a big part of that and really being mindful, super aware of how much media consumption you're doing. I had a client come in yesterday that said that a year ago they weren't using Instagram at all. And now they've justified that they're using Instagram and Twitter on a daily basis for their business, but finding that they're spending 15 hours a week extra just on those two social media sites alone. And we spent almost our entire session talking about how to really cut back on social media because of how much mental um, mental, physical, and emotional toll it takes on you. And people don't realize it because they're so invested in it. Um, even, I mean, being around the kids I was around this weekend, right? Um, one of them, one of them had their phone confiscated for a bit of time (laughs) and the difference between, and I love her. So she's listening. I love you, but you know, it's true. As soon as it was taken away within like an hour, the emotional regulation that happened around her whole being was totally different. And, and we see that with anybody in, in adults that I see talk about it and kids with good awareness talk about it, that I know I'm a different person. Um, cause they're so driven by the jumping around and the different, you know, Snapchat, Instagram, um, Twitter, Facebook, and there's a variety of others. Plus, you know, playing whatever games and so on and so forth. And it's just insane. It's insidious um, because it's death by a thousand cuts. It's just right. It just you don't it you don't see it as traumatic because you're just getting, you know, you're just getting micro. It's microaggression to use a well, it's microaggression, term. especially yeah. so. It, it, so it, depending on, is microaggression different ways? Because if you're if you're a person that watches a lot of stuff that has like hostility and violence and and disparities of of all kinds of different things, you know, people, you know, your your media pitches to what you're looking for. Um, So resolving to yourself to only consume things that are positive or productive. I have, I have several clients that come in and they'll, for some reason they get very pulled into, and I'm like, what are you feeding into your feet, you know, into your, um, your search engines, right? Because they're getting pitched a lot of stuff that's super unhealthy and wrong information. And we spend a lot of time talking or I'll get like texts once in a while saying like, Dr. Landon, is this true? Mm -hmm. Like, where did you get that information? You know, it's like some kind of cockamamie out there theory on something. And, um, and the, the media is pitching to your search. It's pitching to what your fears are because you're, people don't typically look up something great they're looking up like something that's driving their anxiety anyway so they're gonna now everything's gonna logarithm towards your 
fear. Right. Um, so it's going to drive that because as you, as you know, um, if you go looking for something to confirm your bias, it will be there. And if you go looking for something that doesn't confirm your bias, it will still be there. And it's a matter of being smart to triangulate information and figure out what's really logical, reasonable, rational, and realistic. My three R's, right? Right. And, um, and social media, you know, if you maybe, you know, taking a sober month off of alcohol as well as, you know, dropping social media. I have clients that take, they shut down all their social media for weeks on end at a time because they get so drowned by it. I think that, you know, 2016 to 2020 was a good example of people getting completely overloaded with politics and social yep. media and the drive of anger, hostility, um, agitation. I, I mean, I've never seen probably as much agitation in clients over the last year when we were going into the election and that like right. people were just agitated, even if they weren't able to identify that it was, politics it was just the atmosphere and the environment driving it yep. so being mindful this year of that media consumption and what do you do so on my social media because i mine's all business related essentially so people can be on my social media um occasionally it's you know a post of something you know that's related to me personally but most of the times it's as you know it's deer owls snowy owls yes. puppy dogs cats <laughs> tigers but if you're sitting there on your couch at 11:30 at night, and you're riled up because of some change that New York made because of COVID, right? You you just you're not controlling your attention. You're not controlling your mental right. energy well. Right. Uh, well, know. and I think that it's funny that you mentioned that because I saw several posts this week uh, over the weekend because Massachusetts on Christmas Eve reported 44,000 COVID cases, and then we hit a million a million total whatever over the past two yeah. year two and a half years whatever it was whenever it started March of what, what year? 2020. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but you know, people are like, Oh my God. And I'm like, okay, this is not, this is like normal. Like why are you getting all spun up about it? That's, I mean, that doesn't surprise you. It shouldn't surprise you. It's not, I, I don't know. I don't know why these things surprise people. I know, you know, but it's, but when you don't think about that and you like, I just was like, okay, that's not surprising. It's normal. I think I would expect that it's a holiday. People are traveling. People are getting together. Lots of people aren't vaccinated, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah. But then people get so driven by, oh, that big number. And it's like, well, I think it's just kind of the, it's kind of the normal up and down bell curve thing that's going to happen. And I think I've repeated over the past two weeks when you get vaccinated, doesn't mean you have a cure. We have 21 plus different vaccines that we've all been vaccinated for in our lifetime. And all of a sudden we can't go, well, you're still getting sick with the vaccine. Well, yes, because when you get a vaccine, it's not a cure, except yep. for polio, right? You, you can still get sick. It means that you're unlikely to die I think from it, the thing or be hospitalized. So if you get a flu shot, that does not mean you're not going to get the flu. It means you're less likely to get the flu. If you get the vaccine for COVID, it means you're less likely to get it. And if you do get it, you're going to only be a little sick. That's why so many people are testing positive because they're putting their guard down and they're running amok and that's fine, but know that you're probably going to get sick. Just like if you had the flu shot and I'm not comparing it to the flu, I'm just using it as the example that if you have a flu shot and you go around people that have the flu, you're probably going to get the flu yep. <laughs> because there's different strains, just like COVID. So you're, but the, the vaccine is protecting you from that, just like all vaccines do. It's but not perfect. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yes. As you will enjoy doing. <laughs> <laughs> At least you know it. With humans, though, it's really about the thing that's agitating them. Yes. In other words, when they see a number like that, it's not because of the number. It's because whatever stance they've dug into, it gives them ammunition to be right. Right. Or it gives them, right. you know, or it gives them ammunition to be angry at the person putting those numbers up if they believe the other way. Right. You know, right. anything that affirms their position on an emotional issue, like right. COVID was an emotional issue. The election was an emotional issue. Mm -hmm. Anything that confirms them or confronts them. Right. You engage with because right. nobody wants to be wrong. Everyone wants to be right. And they want people to understand that they're right. Right. Well, yeah. and, and, and when people just... Yes. So for that example is, you know, and I've had like people, you said, people getting sick with the vaccine, people who have problems with the vaccine. See, 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 I uh, got the vaccine. I still get sick. Right. Well, that, yeah. that was what I was just gonna make the point. I'm like, right. And so instead of being angry about it, you have to know, like, 
use your smarts and go, well, of course, that's the science. It's, it wasn't the point that it was going to keep you from getting it necessarily. Right. It's going to protect you if you, it's going to keep you from getting it potentially, but it's also going to protect you at 90 something percent from dying of it or getting really seriously ill. So, but people don't hear that piece. They just hear, oh, you made me get vaccinated because, well, no, you got vaccinated because, you know, just like yeah. you got measles, mumps, and rubella. You can't go to college in this country. And to be fair, though, in, in that particular instance that we're talking about, in yeah. fair, people get worked up because we, have, we haven't been lied to, but we've been led different places. Uh, two weeks to flatten the curve to start with. Right. That was what we told at the beginning. The vaccine was a fix. We need more testing. That's going to fix it. Um, I have a plan. You know, during the election, I have a plan to deal with. We've been told a lot of things. And so when when eventually, inevitably, we get told something different, we're like, what? You know, I went along with you because you told me this. And so, you say yes, I think many people think like that. And, yeah. and I would take I would. So I'm going to do a perspective shift and say that. I think lots of people think it's lied to versus I, I go because of the science brain I have. It's that there's misinformation based on what's there at the time kind of thing. So, but the way I think of things and I find it to be the healthier way is that you're, you never buy into something just blindly like, well, two weeks when I, I don't even, I remember hearing that, but in my head, because of the science background I have, I'm yeah. like, Okay, that doesn't exist in the world. Or when someone says, "Oh, you know, it has to," I'm like, "Okay, that doesn't exist in the world." Or when people still say, "Like, oh, well, you know, it's it's," and I remember when we first started talking about it, I said, "Well, it's similar to the flu." I mean, two or three weeks later, after I started seeing the science, I'm like, "Oh, that's not kind of like the flu. It's a virus, but it has a little change." But I was, but then I didn't get. And here's to the point of divisiveness. I didn't get angry with the movement of the changing of it because in science you go with what you know until yeah. you don't until you find something new no but it's less about the movement of the science and because any reasonable person says we don't understand this yet we don't know we're just kind of guessing at this right point. but what happened was and i'm sure if you talked a lot about going against two weeks to flatten the curve that type of thing right and um you were vilified for doing that right it wasn't that right if you just stood up and said we don't know that you'd be vilified because right we'll because trust the science you not know trust the science. Right. Right. Exactly. You're an idiot. Trust the science. Right. No, we don't really know anything yet. Well, see, and when I hear trust the science, I always think trust that science is going to figure out because yes. science is going to follow. Like, it, see, I have a different kind of brain on this. It's like when I hear <laughs> virus, right? Yeah. All viruses work similar. So, you know, they're going to, they're going to get stronger. You know, they're going to mutate, you know, they're going to be resistant, you know, they're going to like, it's kind of like people. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Yep. It is going to, so in my mind, I grab perspective and that's what I always try to get people to do kind of in a daily life to cross it over into general is like, don't go with that, you know, the tunnel vision of something being like, you know, oh, two weeks or it's, it's going to pass over time or, or it's in the summer, it's going to get better kind of thing. It's more about, um, but this um, is the evil of social media because well, right. with everything, not just the pandemic, right. with it's, every it's position, with right. This is what it is. Believe it absolutely now. Right. Or you're an idiot or you're a racist or you're, you know, right. Or you're evil or you're right. Whatever. And it's, it's not something you can't question. You can't have right. questions. You can't approach issues now because if you don't believe this absolutely right now, you're an idiot. Right. That's exactly. The, that's the social media swimming pool. Right well, there. And, and, and so to that point to take it just off of the COVID issue, like so that it, people see that it's not just about that. Like there's, you know, I had a client this week, talking to me exactly about that because someone in their family, um, someone in their family is transgender and another family member had sent the entire family this big article on conversion therapy. Oh no. And yeah. so of course my client came in and was very upset about their their family member being transgender discriminated against because the whole family had sent out this thing and was talking about yeah. the how conversion therapy really works and all this stuff. And they wanted to know my thoughts on conversion therapy. And of course I debunked that because yep. conversion therapy is ridiculous for yep. that. And that doesn't work. And that's not, it, there's nothing that needs to be fixed. It's not so, but it's that social media driven thing that this big article that had, um, you know, big names behind it that were in the field of 
the belief side of that yep. we're driving it and that's where those people's belief system sat so it drove their fear and their point of being right yes and therefore see if you see this it must be true because these people that are reputable under the guise of being reputable have this information yeah. but you know you know thank god the client was smart enough to say you know and i said i can't tell you what you should believe but i can give you the information that is counter to that mm -hmm on multiple different sources that would be, that's not true. Conversion therapy does not work um, because you have conversion therapy is for something that is really something that needs to be fixed or, or changed because there's something really truly broken. And that's, you know, I mean, that's yeah. a loose definition of this, but, <clears throat> but that's not transgender doesn't mean that someone needs to be fixed or yeah. someone who's gay doesn't need to have conversion therapy and find God to make them feel more straight because it's uncomfortable for the family members that they don't like that the person's yeah. gay. So it's the same thing. It's driven in that social media realm yeah. that these articles come across people's feeds and feed them with these crap pieces of information yeah. but uh, religion health religion health finances climate sex. change sex, exactly everything so, right. that's but that's the that's the rules of the game on social media right and it's an unhealthy place because of that right I and mean, that's why i'm saying like yeah. it's important to either take a break because you can do it cold turkey for a while and do like a sober january on it or you can be a little bit more discerning and triangulate, you know, that's, and that's why I love critical thinking. It's, it's right. just basic critical thinking basics. Right. Yeah. It's not just looking at something for the one sidedness of it. And you know that, I mean, I was fascinated by the article. So, so people were like, Oh, did you even read the article? Y yeah. I love reading everything. Cause I want to know what everybody's saying. Yeah, I try to get that. I love that because I want to know yeah. how, I want to know how extreme people go. I want to know what kind of thoughts are out there of every, it doesn't matter what it does. Just because I'm reading, it doesn't mean I'm buying into it on any side. It means I'm thinking about, Ooh, people actually have this point. And does that make sense? And how does that relate to what I actually know from me? And, and then being able to go, Oh, that doesn't make sense at all. Or, yeah. but you can't do that if you don't actively have that broad awareness and people will say sometimes, well, that's liberal. Okay. <laughs> Let's, I think it's just thinking, you know, it's just being an open-minded person to think about all possibilities instead of just being, you know, as I've said to you before, raised in a household of, you know, if you don't have anything important to say, don't yeah. speak until you do, because it doesn't agree with me. But that's not liberal exclusive either. Right, right. I often, you know, it's a big thing for me to seek out and give me an opposite piece. Someone writing about the opposite way, make the argument to me. Right. You know? Right. And you just listen, and then you, you make your own decisions. Exactly. Because you can't take one side of this. You can't take one side of anything. No. Because eventually they'll wear you down and convince you. Right. Well, yeah. If and it, where, People will wear you down and convince you if you don't have a strong enough knowledge base of your own of something that is true for you. Right. It's very easy. And that, that gets to groupthink. That's why so many people fall into cult behavior and um, and group think that goes away from maybe protecting someone or helping another. You know, you know how it is. Yep. It's that diffusion of responsibility because you come become very aware of um, well, everybody else thinks it. So it must be true. Yeah. And the basics of American society right now is mob building. Right. It's, it's group yeah. think taken to the extreme and violent measure. We're, bu we're building <laughs> we're building thought mobs. Right. That's what we're doing. Well, that's a good way of putting it. There's a, and that's not, it's not new, but that's no. definitely, a, it, I think it's increased over the past couple of years with, between politics, you know, Black Lives Matter movement. Um, I think the abortion rights movement is now moving that again, because yep. of states that are moving that around, um, you know, civil rights. I mean, you name all the rights movements. Are, I mean, I think that that's really the mob drive and the political environment around those has really popped up in the past two years because everyone's got more time to sit on social media right. and really sit and watch and listen and think and write and and come up with all these but theories. the aim and is to keep it, keep you from doing exactly what we're talking about right. which is the triangulate issue listen to other sides right you know free discourse and then make a decision right so so on the heels of talking about like doing the social media pullback is uh, is learning new perspectives so that's my like next piece in my line for this new year is Really try to learn a new perspective. Even if you don't agree with it, learn it so that you have <clears throat> maybe go into next year, 2023, being smarter than you were this year. Smarter doesn't mean that you're having to jump sides or take on someone else's thought and agree. It means just learn the perspective. Be open to the possibility that something else might be true or um, people are so wed to their 
I mean, this is, this is in mental health all the time is the negative versus the positive, right? It's all or nothing. They're so wed to what they already know, the devil that they know versus the devil they know, they don't. And the devil that they know is the negative one typically that drives their depression, their anxiety, their sadness, their loneliness, their eating, their drinking, whatever it is. And they're so reluctant to let go of it, but they want to, but to let go is the fear of the unknown because they have to generate another perspective that that could possibly be better on the other side, but it's going to come at cost. And the cost is often like, well, there's work involved or there, you know, and I always remind people that it, it was work for you to get where you are now. There's a, you know, if you're an alcoholic, it took you work to get there. Yeah. If you're, if you struggle with saving money, it took you work to get there. If, if, if you, you know, um, lost your family and whatever, it, it took work to get there. So you just, it may have come easier because it just happened so fast, but you, you, you did a good job on getting there. Everything's hard. <laughs> yeah. People love it when I say but that. that what you just hard. talked about there comes back to death of self a lot of times. And if we're going to continue the mob analogy, you have to right. detach yourself from a mob, which means you're on your own for a while. Right. And that's fearful for people. Exactly. Because, right. because people like to have the comfort and the safety net of, well, my parents think that, or my friends think that. Social media thinks that. Social media thinks that. And they back me up. So yep, it must exactly, be true. Exactly. Yeah. As I play that on TV, it must be true. Yep. So, but I, yeah. So I think that um, the fear of the unknown and learning a new perspective gets people stuck because they, people mostly want to learn new things. Well, I shouldn't say that because I have people that are like, I don't want to know that. <laughs> I do have people that actually do that. And I always go, really, you really don't want to know. Um, but I think even in the people I just thought of that do that, I think I can see their faces in my head being like, oh, but they do, but they're scared. They're scared of how that's going to change their life or how they're going to have to shift something to accommodate this something new to make them feel better. So it's like, oh, I'd rather... I'd rather sit on the couch. Yeah. You know, I'd rather <clears throat> not do than than do. So and you know, unfortunately, as you know, this year, I mean, I have a great friend who passed away as an example who knew and wanted to do something different but didn't. Yeah. And well, they did, but too late. Yeah. Kind of thing. So they didn't they they knew the perspectives and they certainly had me in their ear daily chirping, <laughs> but they just didn't activate on it because it was scary. And that's I mean, I think that such a prime example of people who, you know, going to like addiction work, <clears throat> people will say, oh, my, you know, my husband doesn't want to be sober. No, they do. Yeah. I mean, nobody, there's no, I teach my class. I say, there's no heroin addict that ever really wants to be a heroin addict. They do want to be in recovery. They just don't know how. And it's hard because it's scary because they have to go through withdrawal. They have to get to the other side. They don't know what's going to be on the other side. Because what started them in the first place, as you know, because heroin addiction, any addiction is the symptom of the problem. They actually have to stop and they're going to have to face the problem that drove it. Yep. You know, and it goes back to me repeating over and over again. People don't drink because they drink. They drink because of family issues, emotional trauma, loneliness, sadness, being unfulfilled, um, abuse growing up neglectful environments, um, genetics, obviously push addiction. So there, it's not the thing. The thing is just the symptom of the problem. So nobody truly wants to be an addict, but it's scary because the other side is, I don't know what it, it looks like. So oh, one of my, easier. one of my favorite memes was when the fear of staying the same is more than the fear of changing. That's when the magic happens. Right. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And so, um, so pain over time, and this is what I tell clients, pain over time equals wisdom. And it's a very famous AA yeah. phrase. So you will not have change. And this is anything. You can, anybody that's listening can use this for anything in your life. Change only comes when the pain emotionally or physically gets great enough for you personally that it has to move you. And so when when you get frustrated or I get frustrated or we it's someone not changing, it means they haven't hit their bottom. Everyone has a different bottom. And I get asked that all the time of, well, when is my blah, blah, blah person going to change? And my, I do the, I'm very honest. And I'm like, um, well, I can predict that when they hit their bottom and they'll be like, what's their bottom? I'm like, I don't know. And I usually give a range, like yep. it could be this, this, or this. And, and oftentimes when we're talking about like addiction issues, like heroin, cocaine, pills, alcohol, I'm like, sometimes the bottom can be death. Yep. 
We hope not. It's but, the point where that equation changes. Right. When the priority is to change as opposed to attaching to what you right. what you are. Right. And yeah. the relationship we have, whether it's addiction to a, a substance or the relationship we have to these things we hold on to, food, um, gambling, sex, whatever it is, they're because we're lacking the connection with other people. We're lacking an emotional attachment. It's an attachment disorder, essentially. You're you're not with connecting healthy with a relationship because something has damaged you to be disconnected. So you connect in with something that makes you feel soothed and then it gets out of control. Mm -hmm. It's like a bad relationship, yep. right? Because it becomes abusive to you. You're abusing yourself with the relationship you have with the thing. And that, you know, either you end up dead or in the hospital or in rehab or in jail <laughs> or, you know, or, or homeless or whatever it is, there's something that happens or divorced or, you know, for, for different things, you end up in these places that are stressful. Um, so we took a walk, but conserve your mental energy, be frugal about where you spend it. We take a walk. Yeah. Yes. Um, well, yes. So conserve your mental energy. And, and I think that conserving it doesn't mean stopping, stopping your mental energy no. per se, but it's like maybe finding a way to creatively use your mind. Be frugal about it. To right. Pay mind Budget. to where you, uh, what you give mental energy to. Right. Well, and I think that when you have, when you take a mental break in your, and you become creative in your mind. And, my, means, and micro goals, what we're doing today is everyone's interrupted me. I know. But this is an important point. Oh, okay. <laughs> As opposed to mine, y'all. Yeah. No, you'll get okay. there. Uh, micro goals and the theme of what we're talking about today is on a daily basis, drop something. Right. Just take it and learn the skill and develop the skill to be able to say, I'm just not going to engage with that. I'm not going to confront that. Well, yeah, because because if you're right, so if so, that's the creative mind happening. It's it's you're you're doing something different. You're generating a different perspective. You're calming your brain in some way because you're activating it in a way that's thinking differently. So if you're always, you're racing down the same railroad track over and over and over and over again, and you don't take like the switching station and go, oh, I think I'm going to have a little, I'm going to do a little side track over here, which is what most people do. They don't do yep. the side tracks. Right. And that's to your point is that they, they miss out on that creative mental experience to calm the brain. And that's essentially what I think you're saying, yep. which is what I'm saying is spending more mindful time to calm it down so yep. that you're not, which is to my point of taking time exactly. off is that part for of me, taking, I know I have to actually take time away from the train. That's constantly Monday through yeah. Saturday going straight on. Yeah. I'm being able to do that. Taking time to yourself is the ability to say, I'm not dealing with that right now. Right. It'll be there in a couple hours. It'll be there in an hour. It'll be there tomorrow. Right. Not tonight. Not, so not right now. So I'm calling that. This, so to this point, cause this is my like little list today is I'm, I'm calling that committing to stillness. Yeah, nice. You like that? I do. Stillness. So committing yourself to stillness. And and I think it's a misnomer. People always think that means you have to empty your mind. We don't empty our minds. And it's about just being. And I love Eckhart Tolle. Have you ever read Eckhart Tolle? I think a little bit, about yeah, that. yeah. So Eckhart Tolle is very difficult to read for a lot of people. But nonetheless, I love him and I love reading him. But He's about being in the here and now, <clears throat> being present. He talks a lot about, but being, I think it's too ethereal for a lot of people to know what that means. So being still means just like sit at your kitchen table and look out the window for five minutes, you know, just like, and maybe just listening to your breath for 30 seconds or putting on a piece of music and just listening to it while you're drinking your coffee or your tea, as it were, oh, there goes the microphone, or <laughs> doing something that just makes you still. That's why I love the Calm app, you know, the Calm app that yep. comes in on TV. I love those commercials. It'll, it will come on, nothing will happen, and it will be a clock of 30 yeah. seconds, and it will just, you just read it and says, take the next 30 seconds to do nothing. And if you do that, and that, that commercial is so great, if you do that, all you, you feel afterwards like, oh, that's wonderful because that 30 seconds, what it does is it calms down your whole regulation, emotional system in your brain, which is your hypothalamus in, in your hippocampus, mm -hmm. that emotional limbic system area. And you know, my screen is flashing behind me, right? Yeah. This, okay. We got some connection issues. <laughs> okay. And, um, and it slows down your regulator in your body for your emotions. And, and that's being still. 
It's a wonderful space and people don't practice that enough. I do do that all the time <laughs> in between yep. my hot second of here and hot second mm -hmm. of there. But it's, it's about being, can you take the time to be really still and practice that? And it goes with being creative in your mind by changing perspectives, taking the social media out, trying to generate and trying. I mean, it's all those things. But you get that quote unquote stillness because I don't want people to misunderstand. You get that stillness running, I would imagine. Right. And doing a bunch of things. Yes. And it's like I said, I challenge anybody to list your top two or three moments in your life, things right. you go back to. And in those moments, the noise floor had dropped and you were where you are. Right. You were just present. Right. With whoever or whatever you were doing, whether it's sitting on the beach, taking a run, whatever it is, right. you know, whatever it is, watching a football game. Right. Could be because that reduces. You don't care about the phone ringing. You don't care about work. You're just watching the Patriots. Right. Well, <laughs> I'm just laughing because I'm just thinking of all the people that like lose their mind watching the Patriots. Yeah. But <laughs> everything else, while you're losing your mind <laughs> watching the Patriots, everything else is off. You're yes. not worried about anything else at that point. Right. You're just in it. That's it. getting in the, your best moments have been the one where the noise floor is down and you're just yes. it, you're just present. So right. learn how to create those times. Well, and I think because what you're just what that is, too, is you're you're working smarter, not harder. So you're conserving your mental energy by channeling it into the moment yep. versus being scattered and it's kind of like the add brain versus the yeah. non-add brain when people are really stressed out and not getting their resolutions met and they have too much overwhelming them the add brain is how i describe it it's like having a thousand television sets on that are going 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 yep. and when either you medicate it you know unnaturally it will bring it down to one or two tvs that are on yeah and if you don't medicate it and you learn behavioral strategies, just like I'm talking about today, and you bring those TVs down to one or two channels and it quiets the mind, you're working smarter, not harder. You're not trying to manage all the channels. You're only managing the ones that really are necessary by just being in the moment and present and still. And sometimes the moment doesn't require you to do anything. Right. But we as a society, in our mental health and our physicality, we're always needing to be doing the next thing, doing the next thing. There's you know how many times you know having many, something, but sometimes you just have to be able to sit still. You know how many times during the day I'm looking and thinking, stay on task, stay on task. Cause you know, you're trying shocking. to get, you're trying to get a certain thing. That, no, not me. Oh, I thought you, I'm like, Oh, no, shocking. No, I've, okay. I've developed, I'm a, I'm a, this is part of my awareness. I'm part of the, you know, I enjoy this, but once you become aware of it, you start seeing in other people and you say, all right, we're doing this right now. Stay on task. Right. You know, and that's that's the ADD mind at work. You just yes. because by the time you get from one end of the task to the other, you've gone on six different detours. Right. And lost an hour. Yes. Yeah. Stay yes. on task. And that's and that's so common for yeah. people. And I think it speaks to a lot of people right there that they get they, you know, they get sidetracked. Yeah. What I want to do versus what I need to do. Right. So because want is so much, you know, I want to do that because so much more fun. What I need to do, yeah. oh God, I'm behind now because I didn't do it. But the one things I did were so much more fun. I want to go out for lunch. I want to go see friends. I want to go to do that. And But I really actually need to do this report. Yeah. Or I really need to get you know this one thing done. Or I really need to do my laundry. Whatever it is, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I know that the time on the wall is coming close, but I just wanted to wrap up um, before I wrap up with a like two more little points of... Yep. Um, Sort of what we did today, you know, having conversations like this is to our to the health and wellness point is um, even though we're talking, it's about listening more, talking less. People are big talkers and obviously want to talk show. So we're talking. So but just in general, that's why I love what I do for a living. I'm a big listener mm -hmm. and I have minimal to say until I have something good to say. So actually, my comment that was made to me as a child actually served me well. Yeah. <laughs> and even though it was not so nice. Yep. Right. On the other level. But, you know, listen more, talk less, because that gives you the ability to do all these things I'm talking about today. Really, there goes my screen again. I you know. see that? My screen keeps leaving me. I know. Um, and then I think that the overall perspective for the year is work on healing. Healing doesn't mean you're damaged, but work on just healing your general sense of who you are on a daily. Like check in with yourself in the morning. Oh, that's a pretty. Oh, those are beautiful pictures yeah. behind me. Lou. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. The, look at the end of the year. And it, maybe it's speaking to me. I've got like a spirit behind me. 
You know, oh, that's really pretty. No, there are days when we have Look bad days. That. That's a beautiful Aurora Borealis. <laughs> Chromecast has rough days, and it's having a rough that day today. That is absolutely gorgeous, though. So yeah. I am very happy with that picture behind me. That is, if you are watching my show today, <laughs> wow, that is gorgeous. Yeah. Um, that's like, ooh. Wow. Ooh, that's a lot. Yep. That one's ooh, a little too much. Yep. Um, but uh, healing every day, that was to my point, is is really practicing just being in the awareness state of being in a healthy, that's to the joy. Are you in a mode of being forward moving and happy for things, but joyful and looking for how to be in health mode, you know, you know, if you have toxic people in your life, that doesn't mean you have to be around them. If you have, um, food products that you don't want around you anymore, get rid of them. Don't feel bad because you bought them and you spent $20, you know, just don't buy them again. Like be real with yourself so that you have that healing perspective on a daily so you can activate these, whatever 12 things I just gave you, you know? So I will be obviously revisiting these things throughout the year yeah. because we have a great new year coming and we are coming up on my 100th show soon. What number are we on? Do you uh, know? 95, six? six? This is maybe. six, I think. Yeah. Maybe 96 or 97. So mm. we'll we'll just have a big party on that Ooh, day because like I'll be on number 100. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah. Right. So, um, but for everyone, I next week I will be coming from my vacation area because <laughs> <laughs> I will be doing this show as my work for the week. Um, but I will be coming to you on the first week of 2022 from my vacation area and, um, and, <laughs> <laughs> it'll be fabulous and um i will see you guys then have a wonderful safe happy healthy and mentally wonderful joyful new year